Omega gets locked on the cross face. Oh, wow. Lucky the ropes from there. Can he use them to escape? Oh, the knee! And nowhere to go we're, for Omega. We, we are in the final 45 seconds of this match. Omega has the beat trigger. The ripcord reversed. Physicality. A race against time. A race against time now. And the clock. They're in the deep water and they're running out of time. Omega and Brian Danielson have put on a clinic here. Oh, just a headbutt. Face to face. And a right hand, right hand being delivered. And the kick, Danielson up to his feet. Danielson getting the advantage. Here comes Omega fighting right back into it. What's up, everybody, and welcome into this pop-up edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Check the archives of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and check out some of my previous shows right there, wherever you download your podcast, whether it's the ESPN Chicago app or Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you find it, just tell people that Jonathan Hood talks wrestling, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, as we broadcast live from the wrestling capital of the world, Chicago, Illinois. And on Wednesday night, as we record this on the 22nd of September, what a fantastic card for All Elite Wrestling from Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, in New York City, in front of over 18,000 fans. Some say it's 19 or 20, but I know it's over 18,000 fans at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And the first match was the feature match of the night, non-title dream bout between Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega, the AEW champion. I will tell you, that was uh, an amazing match. For the first match on the card, I didn't know where it was going to be placed, but the idea that a non-title match with those two in it, uh, I mean, that just blew me away for at least 30 minutes because they went to a time limit draw, but it was great. They beat the hell out of each other, and they put on a terrific wrestling match. Loved it. Uh, And it wasn't the outside interference that you're usually seeing from the super elite or you're seeing from Don Callis. It was just two guys that were just squaring up and beating each other and trying to get a pinfall from one another. It was quite the struggle. And my thought is, well, what's next? They go to a pay-per-view and what are the stipulations? And that's what I can't wait to see. That first match is a match of the year candidate without question already. I mean, you saw them go back and forth. It wasn't just your average TV match. 
as I talked about in the previous episode of TWT, you can check out the archives of this podcast. I was thinking, man, don't go to picture in picture, but I will give Tony Khan credit at least for the first. I want to look at my watch. I think it was the first 19 minutes of dynamite between seven and seven twenty central time. Uh, they did not go to commercial, so they went as long as they could. They had to go to commercial at some point, but they gave you a fantastic finish. Uh, I do believe that a draw can also tell a story like a pinfall. I'd rather have the draw than a disqualification or some schmas. So I was totally cool with the time limit draw. Uh, I was thinking, if you listen to the broadcast and we just played the clip for you, we have not heard a time cue from Justin Roberts, the ring announcer, in a long time. But I could hear the muffled, like, one minute left, and I'm like, what did, what did he say? I know the mic was open, and I knew it wasn't an error. Something was going on, right? And I can hear the left, one minute. I'm like, oh, this is going to go to a draw. But how will the finish happen, right? And it went to a draw, and I didn't feel flat at all. I'm glad that we're going to see a second and maybe third match between these two because Danielson started slowly, and then you start seeing him pick it up. That's not Daniel Bryan from the WWE. That is the guy I saw at Ring of Honor. Brian Danielson, the way he wrestles, he's not worried about trying to engage with the crowd and the yes, yes, yes. We as fans will take care of that piece for him. But that's the American Dragon I saw at Ring of Honor. The gregarious, strong, uh, headstrong wrestler that just won't say quit. You know, just won't say die, uh, that has no quit in him. Brian Danielson in that first match against Kenny Omega was sensational. Um, to see CM Punk in the ring being able to talk, it was a, a long promo. Uh, but he sold it as saying that he's happy, but don't worry about him being like happy-go-lucky too long because he's going to take on Willie Hobbs and he's going after Taz's group, which I find very interesting. CM Punk can only make some of those young wrestlers in Taz's group better, uh, whether it's Ricky Starks or Hobbs uh, and maybe Hook at some point when he does get in the ring. So I think that that's a win-win for the young talent uh, For because I think Taz's group is underrated. Uh, I thought that sometimes it came across as a comedy group and they don't really have to do that. Uh, I think that Taz is a really good job in the mic and I think that uh, that he's very good at what he does uh, with this group. They could be a lot more, that's for sure. Uh, something about Brian, uh, I got Brian Danielson on the mind, Brian Pillman, Brian Pillman Jr. against MJF. Notice that MJF did not have a promo. He did not address or try to go after the New York crowd because that's really his backyard. They just went into the match. (sighs) Brian Pillman Jr., who I've seen at MLW and I've seen here in AEW, is a very good wrestler and he is a future star in the business, there's no question. But my God, he is a dumb babyface. It's almost like that he has just been watching 23 hours of how to be a babyface from 1990, right? Let, you know, pounding the, the mat with his feet or looking out to the crowd for approval or, you know, trying to trust the, uh, the heel that the heel actually will have a clean break. These kind of things, right? The physicality part of of uh, Pillman is good. I do have an issue with uh, just like some of the things where it's like, dude, you're not a dumb babyface, or at least you should not be. Uh, at some point, the babyface actually has to do some smart things in the ring. And if you go back and watch this match, you'll see him going to the crowd or keeping himself wide open for a slap or a kick from MJF. 
it's always going to be back and forth. I understand that. But there's some things where, you know, he's got MJF backing off and he's sliding on his butt, like going backwards, begging off. And that's what a heel's supposed to do. But Brian Pillman's like this 1990 baby face. And he's like, come on, come on, get up, you know. And just like instead of attacking, he's doing that stuff. I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not used to seeing that in 2021. It's just something I've saw a lot of in the past. And I think that Pillman can be a very good baby face. But you, you, you got to close the gap between... When you know when your opponent's down and you're just standing there saying, "Come on, come on, don't be a dumb baby face. Be a baby face. Don't be a dumb baby face." You ever do you remember Cody Rhodes saying that I'm just not into the narrative of baby face and heel? That these are cliches from the past. These are just tired tropes, is what he has said many times. That there is no baby face and heel in wrestling today. Well, in that New York crowd. Uh, Malachi Black was the baby face and Cody Rhodes was the heel. And it's not one of these New York things or Chicago things where we're just turning on people. Cody Rhodes came across with his outfit and his wife and Arn Anderson like this white meat baby face and New York threw up on him. Cody Rhodes got booed out of Arthur Ashe Stadium. He got booed out of there. And Malachi Black, anything he did, he got cheered. And it's not just in New York. This is in a few places now where Cody is not getting 100% approval. Now, I know that he says that these are tire tropes and he doesn't mind being booed, but he does. He's no different than his old man. Go back to some of the old films of Dusty Rhodes being booed in Greensboro and Charlotte because people got tired of him winning by disqualification against Ric Flair for the NWA Championship. The old TBS studios, there were times where his old man brought the camera over to two women that hated Dusty Rhodes. He was the high, he was at the top of the top of the top of baby faces during his time. And there was two women in the crowd at the old TBS studios that would just boo him. And he goes, I don't care what y'all say. If you don't like it, get out. Like he's mad at those fans for booing him. And Cody, deep down, he feels that way too. He says that, oh, there's no baby face, no heel. He looked out in the crowd in New York and he was like, wait, I'm going to make this high risk move. Aren't you guys with me? And the people were like, no, we're not with you. (laughs) We're not with you at all. So tired trope. Yeah, he's not happy that he's getting booed. FTR against Sting and Darby Allen. FTR did the job against Sting and Darby Allen. Sting looks so good. You sure he's in the 60s? Sting looks like that he's in his 30s, maybe his 40s. And he doesn't have to do a lot either. I mean, he's an iconic wrestler. He doesn't have to do a ton, but he's taking some high-risk moves by doing a Stinger Splash, taking some, some bumps. That's amazing. And I think this is a perfect example of how a veteran takes care of a young wrestler. Darby Allen will be so much better in a year working with Sting in a tag team. I, I love that. I hate that FTR had to lose the match. And I hated that FTR didn't have enough time to be able to isolate Darby Allen or Sting in the corner and let's do some tag team moves and then kind of build to a hot tag. It really didn't work that way. I wish it did because that's when FTR is at their best. Old school, just trap a guy and keep him in the corner, keep him in their half of the ring, work on a body part, wear him down, and then the hot tag to the baby face and then the baby face team wins. We didn't get that with FTR. They were dressed like the NWO, which I think that was kind of cool. But I need FTR to get some wins here. And I want them to be able to do the kind of match they want to do. I understand, like in this modern day, not enough people really appreciate quality tag team wrestling. But FTR can can entertain me for an hour. 
because I know they'll do it right as a good tag team. I wish they would have won, but I understand why Sting and Darby Allen came out on top. It's only good for Darby Allen uh, for his future. Um, and then the main event for this Dynamite was Dr. Britt Baker, uh, DMD, taking on Ruby Soho. Uh, Britt Baker wins the match, but no shot, you know, no shot at Ruby Soho because she kicked out of a lot of moves by Britt Baker. It took three women to beat one Ruby Soho. There's got to be a rematch. I see Ruby Soho at some point being a future AEW Women's Champion, but Britt Baker needs three women to cheat uh, one in Ruby Soho. Noah's going to be in the in the corner of Ruby Soho. I know that she's run away, Ruby Soho, but there's no one's going to be in her corner. Three on one in that main event, and she lost. But no shade at Ruby Soho. I think that uh, I think her future is very bright in AEW. Hmm. Maybe I should make a call. Hold on. We go now to the CTJ report. Go to ctjreport.net and super wrestling fan. Great on pop culture, great on the world. CJ Taylor joins me here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday for this pop up edition. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, not a problem at all, man. How you feeling? I'm, I mean, you know how I'm feeling, man. I am pumped. Yeah, I I need to talk to somebody about Arthur Ashe Stadium. I need to talk to somebody about AW. You watch this, man. I mean, how amazing was that show tonight? I mean, from the the opening camera just coming on the crowd was just hot i mean from start to finish that was just uh, an incredible two hours of wrestling and then to start the the night off with the dream match that everybody was waiting for and that was just a bit of genius right there because you usually expect something like that to be the last night match of the night but to start off with you know brian danielson and kenny omega it's just a touch of genius and that match itself was just brilliant Uh, (laughs) as an old as an old school wrestling fan uh you and i both like that that took me back to the territories when your champion would come into your territory to face their top guy and you go 30 minutes or 45 minutes or 60 minute draw and just the crowd just feeding into it every single second i was just getting pumped just watching you know feeding off the crowd and, and everything and it was just a classic match CJ, it, it was it was really amazing, and you're right. And once again about wrestling, right? You want to be surprised. You want the unexpected. I expected. I, I speculated this on the last podcast, right? I'm thinking, man, don't put this at the end because I get all this picture in picture. And actually, Tony Khan did a good job of manipulating the clock. We got 20 minutes of action without commercial, and so, and so we got the majority of the match before the commercial break. So that was really special. I think that was really cool. Yeah, it, it was. And, and hats off to uh, both Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. I mean, just, well, I mean, when you talk about professional wrestling, when you just talk about a great wrestling match, the psychology, the storytelling, just the moves, the holds, everything. I mean, that that is what you're looking for when you want to watch a wrestling match. I I, I sent that over to you all over on Twitter. It was like, am I am I going cat mode for saying that that's probably the leading match of the year candidate right there? Because I think it is. <laughs> no, that's right. That has to be in the team photo. Here's why. Because you went and saw a 30-minute draw with it, right? You went all the way through. And so, no, look look at their chest afterwards. Look at the, the physicality, right? Well, we, yeah. I'm thinking... I'll, 
CJ, I'm watching it and I'm like, hmm, should I be paying for this? That's how good it was. Exactly. I'm like, wow, this is this is pay-per-view worthy. This 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 is your main event of any pay-per-view, big time pay-per-view across any promotion that you could ever think of. That match is your main event. And we got to see that on free TV. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know how much you've gone through Twitter as we record this uh after nine o'clock central. Um uh, but I have not gone through Twitter yet because I just wanted to get this podcast rolling because I'm so excited about what I saw. I'm sure people will shit on the whole draw scenario, but I didn't need a finish there. Uh, people, younger, the younger audience doesn't understand that the, a draw is a finish also because you want the return. You want, if you see a draw and you like the match, you want to see it again. And so my thought is like, when I heard Justin Roberts kind of mumble into the mic, I'm like, oh, this is going to go all the way through. I just didn't know what the finish would be uh, as far as how the draw would end. But it was just them fighting each other. But I'm good with a draw because after 30 minutes, of course I want to see more. And that's the whole point of it. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. I had no problems with the uh, match ending in the draw. I mean, it kind of gives you that that anticipation. Uh, you, you couldn't have either guy go over on that because it's just too soon. Like Daniel, you know, Brian Danielson is just getting into AEW. You need to flesh this story out. Mm-hmm. You need to really see him as what he's been throughout most of his career as the guy that's the underdog that you root for, that you you desperately want this guy to get, you know, that, that title. So you can't flesh that story out in, in one match. You, you got to draw this out. And again, just a bit of genius uh, bookmaking in that regard to have it at a draw. It, 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 took, it took me back to Mid-South. It took me back to, you know, Ric Flair rolling into, you know, whatever promotion or Harley Race rolling into every promotion and taking on whoever that top guy is. And you fight for 30 minutes, 60 minutes. It's a draw. But everybody comes out looking protected. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it's no question. Um, let me tell you this story. So Dutch Mantell tells a story about when he was in TNA. And he was in a booking meeting with Vince Russo for at TNA. And and Vince Russo says, Bro, bro, I don't understand this whole thing with baby faces and heels, bro. What's the point of baby faces and heels? And Dutch Mantel says, Oh, you know what? I got a book that can help you on baby face and heels. And Vince goes, Yeah, well, what's the name of the book? And Dutch says, The Bible. And then he walks away. <laughs> um and so I tell you that story to tell you this. So I've been on a number of conference calls. There's media calls with Cody Rhodes because he's an EVP, right? He's, you know, he's one of the head honchos of all elite wrestling. And he always says in these press conferences, these media calls, like, I don't believe in the tired tropes of baby face versus heel. That's such an old thing that goes back to my dad's era. I don't believe in that. Can I tell you something? I know that Cody Rhodes was not happy with that New York crowd and other crowds that have been booing him. His wife, Arn Anderson, and the whole kitten caboodle. He's not happy with that because somehow, someway, in this match against Malachi Black, Malachi became, was the babyface. He was over. And he and every time Cody would look up, he'd get booed. I know he says it doesn't bother him, CJ, but I'm sure it does. Uh, it, it, it has to because he, he, he knows the business. He knows that he can say that in interviews, but he knows that's wrestling one on one. That that is the very basics of wrestling. You've got your baby face, you've got your heel. And however you want to do the story, 
whether it's the, the monster heel that charges through your baby face so you get more sympathetic and you, you want that baby face to get over or, you know, the cowardly heel, you know, the dastardly heel that cheats to win. And again, you want the baby face to bring him his comeuppance. That's, that's wrestling. What did I, what else did I fail to ask you about dynamite that you're interested in that you really liked? Um, you know, just the, the whole card itself, uh, just the whole night, it, that's a quick two hours, uh, and it keeps you in, intrigued uh, from the, the, the promos that were, that were cut. Um, I, I like the, the women's championship match at the end. Um, I, I thought uh, Britt and, and Ruby Soho, you know, did a good job and, and, and kept, the, um, kept the night going. You really didn't feel, you know, too much of a lag. And obviously the right person went over. Um, but yeah, the, the whole card itself, just interesting characters. You know, this is what you want as a wrestling fan. You want interesting characters. You want good promos. You want good wrestling. You want stories being told in the ring. I thought that was a, a phenomenal two hours of, of, of wrestling tonight. I just, I guess my point, um, CJ, with all of this is like, you know, AEW did not have to emanate from all their ass stadium at a 20,000-seat arena. Neither did WCW. They didn't necessarily have to be at a Georgia Dome with thirty-five or 40,000 people for Hogan Goldberg, but they did anyway, right? I mean, I understand that in the height of Monday Night Wars, but them doing this and then you see how the WWE is doing by having Big E win and they're telling you on social media, hey, by the way, it's going to be a title change. By the way, you know, Big E's going to cash in here, so make sure you watch. It is interesting dynamics from both organizations right now because I don't feel like they have to compete against one another because they're on different nights, but clearly they're competing for eyeballs and attention and social media and all that between the two organizations. Do you see the same? Yeah, I, I do. Um, you know, uh, first off, uh, really happy that Big E... Um, uh, went over and won the WWE Championship. That's just a little sidebar. I was really happy for him when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there seems to be this little, you know, chess match between WWE and AEW. You know, and uh, CM Punk, you know, returns to wrestling and and AEW. So, you know, the flip is that okay. Well, let's bring Becky Lynch back. Uh, I'm sure we have Brock Lesnar playing anyway, but let's bring him back. And it's kind of this one-upsmanship. Like, but they, like you said, they don't really have to compete. You can enjoy both products. And if you know, if you're a WWE guy and you like that product, that's great. If you're an AEW guy and you like that product, that's great. But one really doesn't have to be focused on another. Just focus on, you know, your promotion and and just you know, just kick an ass with your promotion. By the way, uh, Brandy bounced right back, didn't she? From um, well, yeah. <laughs> she had a child, and boy, she's bounced right back, didn't she? Well, you know, uh, yeah, she did. That's uh, that's that's quality right there. That, that's that is quality. She she bounced right back. I tell you, and then she got involved. That whole and the finish of that, by the way, was so weird. I don't I don't know why she stood in the ring. Why she threw a double bird? I guess it's for the other TV show that I won't be watching. Um, that was it. Road to the top is that the name of Road it? To the top. Yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, yeah, they really have to do a poor man's version of Miz and Mrs. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't understand why she's out there. I, the whole Arn thing that's gonna have to be broken down for me as well. Like, did Arn legitimately legitimately fall off the apron? What the fuck? Did he fall off the apron for real? But whatever, yeah. that, that just didn't work for me. I don't know what he was trying to do there. 
Yeah, if that was the one thing of, of that match in particular, I, I think you could have kept that out of it because Cody and, and Malachi Black were telling a good enough story, yes. you know, on their own. So you didn't have to deal with, you know, Brandy, you know, with the interference and Arn, you know, up on the apron and all that. That nonsense. Like, just stick to what's working. And that that heat between the two of them, that's working. You don't need any outside interference. All right, don't forget to follow my guy, CJ Taylor. We have been friends for a long time. It is his first time on the podcast. It's a pop-up podcast. I had to just call you because it was amazing. CTJ14 is where you find him on Twitter. And don't forget the website, ctjreport.com. You are going to get back into it, man. I'd like to see about 5,000 words on Black World Champions. So I look forward to that. I look forward to that column soon. Yeah, that uh, you'll, you'll get some you'll get some uh, uh, work this this weekend. I, I got to sit down, finally sit down in front of the the, the back book and, and try and knock some things out because there've been a lot of things you know just in my mind about AEW and WWE both. So yeah, it, it's coming soon. I wanted to I wanted you to be the first to know, and actually our audience will be the first to know. Um, me and my guy uh, Sean Knight. You, do you remember Sean Knight? He used to be on WGCI and Power ninety two. Oh, in yeah. Chicago, yeah. So that's that's my dude, and he convinced me to do something. I think you'll be very proud of this announcement. I'm saying this for the first time. Okay. Okay. I signed up this week for to be part of business management courses at Morehouse. Not man. Okay. That's that's what's up. Oh, because, that's, that's, <laughs> that's good stuff right there. Okay. Because I know you're a Morehouse man, a proud Morehouse man, uh, and and I look to be that as well. Hey man, well you know, welcome to the family, welcome to the brotherhood. Uh, no, nah, that's that's really good stuff, man. Uh, we for for the longest time in terms of you know telecommunications and, and things like that, Morehouse kind of lagged behind. So it's great to see them really branch out. Um, to different regions and, and tap different people to be able to teach courses. So, yes. man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, that, that's the first time I thought I would bring that on you because you're a Morehouse guy. And so me and Sean have signed up for courses for, for Morehouse. <laughs> he got he got the jump on me, but I'm trying to get this done in the winter since there's mm-hmm. online courses. So I'm hoping to – you don't congratulate me yet. Let me see if I can pass the course. Um, uh, nah, you, you'll, you'll be fine, man. You'll, you'll, you'll get through. <laughs> well, I know somebody that can get me in and give me a couple of – at least a B. I have you, so at least I can talk to you about that. Uh, right. But, yeah, but I'm very ha- I'm very excited about this, and uh, I'm doing something with my very limited, very, very limited free time, and that is to go back to school and get my business yeah. degree. Because you, you are a very busy man between Tuesday, Tuesday Cap and Jay Hood. I mean, you, you're everywhere, man. You're blowing up. Yeah, I, I am. But I'm going to find time for Morehouse because I think that's very important for whatever legacy I'm trying to carve out. Let's, let's see if I can pass the class and then I'll let you know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, uh, promise me you'll come back on the show because I'd love to be able to talk to you again. I, I know I got this. As Jim Cornette would say, I got you on the sperm of the moment. Um, but, but, you, but you needed to uh, come on here and talk to me about this because this was amazing on Wednesday night for Dynamite. Yeah, it was, that was, it was a good night, like I said, and, uh, looking forward to, uh, even better nights, uh, for, for really for both promotions, just for professional wrestling in general, whatever it is that you like. Um, this is just a really, really good time to be a wrestling fan. 
Hey, CJ, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I appreciate you. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, CJ Taylor with us here. Again, go to his blog, ctjreports.net is where you find it. And don't forget to check out the podcast, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, wherever you download your podcast. Check out some of the previous episodes, including my thoughts on Dark Side of the Ring and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, that has been updated as of late, as uh, Rob Van Dam says, Oh, no, I didn't see it, bro. Okay. You'll hear my initial thoughts on that on the edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.